It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey there, Bears fans. It's my favorite day of the week. That's right. It's Friday yet again. And before we get to the weekend, we need another episode of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And what is going on, Bears fans? I'm Rose today. Will DeWitt. Nicholas Moriano is right here with me. And Nick, it's just the two of us here today. How's it going, man? What's up? Uh, it is just the two of us. I'm good. How are you, Will? Um, is it raining over in Indiana by you? Because I feel like all week it's been this crappy weather and you just can't do anything. Yeah, it's grody. I'm ready for spring and just to do things outside yet again. You have a, a softball and you already kind of get ready for that league uh, that we'll be partaking in uh, throughout the spring and summer months here. And you know, I wish I lived closer so I can play some softball. That's why I told Kevin and Jake. So give it a year and uh, you guys can definitely be you know graced by my presence on the softball field yeah i mean i've i've never played like an actual in a league so i'm like i bought two of these and just haven't had a chance to use them and i'm getting like i said the weather just needs to improve so we can get out there i guess you could go in the rain if you're really dedicated but nah i'm good i'll, I'll wait till it gets a little bit warmer so we can get get the practicing going two softballs that's too easy uh so i will pass on that i wouldn't actually get like what the hell's going on? I, I leave the show for you know a few days because that's how the schedule works out. And what's up with all this basketball slander, man? I look. So when Adam asked me, I'm like at at that moment, I'm like I don't know if I've ever seen Will play, and that was just uh you know just kind of deer in the headlights, and that was basically the answer. But uh, look, that was I blame Adam Hoke, like I told you in that tweet. Will I also have a little. I don't know if anybody could see this on here, this little subliminal message I have on my board back here. But basically, it says, Adam Hogue, work on your shot. Because obviously he's not here, and that's probably what he's doing, right? Well, just getting ready for the basketball league. But yes, that, that looked bad. But hey, let's get out of the court and, and go win that 2v2 tournament. Yeah. Uh, the thing was like, you weren't wrong. Like the highest organized basketball <laughs> I played was fourth grade. And I seen your videos on Facebook of you just draining, you know, three after three after three. And if I, I can get hot, it's just rare when those instances happen. Uh, I have a few, you know, one-on-one -on -one glory days, but your assessment wasn't too far off or at least your lack of assessment, like how it all kind of came to be. It's, I'm really good at 2k and by really good, I'm average. Uh, so either way, it's, okay. There's a reason why I do a football podcast. Gotcha. Well, hey, uh, you know, I'll take it to the lane against like Olin and Jason McKee and I'll dish it out back to you and we're just going to get you hot early on and I think we'll be all right. But uh, yeah, we'll have to get that going. I feel like there's been so much basketball talk. Mason West was on the show last Friday. He wants to get in on that. I know there are other people in the Bears Twitter community. They want to, I, I think would like to see that. So at some point we'll have to find an, an open gym and, see what ends up happening hopefully no one leaves like injured because that's the worst thing you're doing something for fun and you know what anyone on like crutches or you know having to bring out the tape or the wheelchair like just have a nice fun little outing and 
you know, if you come out on top, that, that'll make it even better. Yeah, Olin and Jason, like imagine them setting picks. Like there's their brick walls compared to us. Like we're not going anywhere. Uh, but you mentioned injuries. Do you recall like when you got messed up playing basketball? Was that like four or five years ago now? Like I was thinking about that. Like you showed the video like of you going up and then yeah. just landing and there's blood and uh, hopefully nothing like that happens. Yeah, like that was that was bad. I was playing just at Glenbrook South where I used to work and See, I should have just made the shot. It was a little floater to end the game. And then I miss it and end up trying to go get the rebound. And I leave my feet. And another, I think it was my teammate also going for the ball, hits me. My my head was the basketball on the court. Bounce. I'm like, oh, okay, this, this is fine. And then you feel the blood. Like I have a couple of stitches. Actually, this I got messed up playing football back in the day. Backyard football. Just a bunch of high school buddies. And then basketball as well but uh yeah so i don't want any of that no more stitches playing recreational basketball i'm all good with that there you go you're like uh kelso on that 70 show like always with his eye getting hurt by the way ashton kutcher bears fan come on the podcast anytime you would like ashton uh I- iowa iowa yeah, university yeah. of iowa yeah yep, so see, i'm all for two, it two strong connections there but nick uh, it's great catching up uh we can definitely talk more this weekend about our personal lives but there's news like there's actual news for us to talk about. And I'm so excited. Like I didn't even know because I went to bed with the baby way before it happened. And you woke up and you're like, hey, well, we have two new players to discuss. So I spent my entire morning looking into these guys. And, you know, even though they're, again, kind of following the same pedigree that we've seen so far throughout this agency from Ryan Poles, I'm excited uh, by both of these players. And uh, we'll find out if you are too here, Nick. So the Bears have signed uh, defensive back uh, Taven Young from the Ravens and tight end Ryan Griffin, uh, both of them on very minimal one-year deals between the two. And we'll talk about both these players in length, but I want to kick it to you. Which one do you think can have the bigger impact in that season and why? I have to go with Tavon Young just because he did have a breakout 2018 season, Will, and he was, at the time, received the highest uh, contract for a nickel corner um, because of that season, a three-year $25.8 million. So he had that upside. But as everyone who probably has done their research up to this point on Tavon Young, it's like injuries have really derailed him from becoming, I think, the player that he's capable of being that feisty slot corner who's able to just make plays on the football field. But if look, if you take injuries out of the equation, like the bears, you could just plug and plug and play at this point, being someone that spent six seasons in Baltimore, he has the upside, but like a couple of the players that the bears have brought in, they have had some kind of history that's prevented them from, you know, maybe having that longevity or maybe even still remaining on their previous team. And now that's why they're with the bears. So I have to go with Tavon Young for for who can have the bigger impact if healthy. If healthy, uh, luckily for us, I think you know he was very healthy last season uh, after battling it for a few different years. I know he tore his ACL in 2017, uh, then he had a neck injury in 2019, and unfortunately, yet again in 2020, the same ACL tore. And this is when I wish we had Mason on today, so we can learn what happens when you tear that thing twice, and what's the likelihood of it happening again. And the good news is like we've had him on so much. I know like about compensation and how that can lead to like other injuries along the body because of overcompensating for the lack of that tendon over, you know, again, being torn twice. But Nick, for a guy that had to deal with all those injuries, came back last season and played well, that shows me that he is resilient, which is a key word that we'll be talking about more uh, in the very, you know, the last segment here uh, on our show. But what I love about this guy uh, is the fact that he's well-respected in Baltimore uh, as well. He's mm-hmm. loved by the community, super active, involved in there. Also very appreciated and loved by his teammates. So he's a very strong locker room presence. Uh, he's known for being a warrior, coming back from his injuries. He won their Ed Block Courage Award winner uh, last season. Uh, so he is definitely someone that has all that character makeup uh, that the Bears are looking to kind of bring in uh, to Hollis Hall, as well as, like you said, the on-field production when he is healthy. It's there. It's a definite upgrade over Duke Shelley, uh, Marquis Christian, uh, everyone that they're trying to throw at the nickel position uh, last year. And uh, what I like about him on the field is in zone, he's quick to read. Uh, he can watch the quarterback's eyes. He can lay a hit uh, on a receiver with the ball too. And then again, uh, as well, he's physical. He's aggressive. They can use him as a blitzer coming off of the slot. So there's another guy uh, that they brought in uh, with that same kind of mold. So 
I definitely see the fit on the field. I see it in terms of like the culture, the makeup, the character that this guy uh, possesses as well. And I think all the way around, it's a signing that, you know, it's a low risk, potentially, I'm not going to say high reward, but like a, you know, a medium high reward could be definitely possible with this one. Yeah. And like the thing too, Will, it's like, we've seen some of these signings and look, you don't even know necessarily if they're going to be starters on this bears team, but like a guy like Tavon young, there's no special teams really value that he's going to bring to this team. He had seven snaps last season uh, on special teams. So, you know, that's out of the equation. So you're bringing him to compete at that nickel corner spot of a, a position that's currently wide open for the bears. So you bring all the intangibles. He has a locker room presence, that resiliency factor that, you know, Ryan Poles is now looking for in current bears players. It just fits exactly what is kind of being you know asked of in this new bears regime so it's just all about the 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 injuries if he can just stay healthy and he did in 2021 but the history shows that it's you know there's been some major some major injuries like you said the neck the the um the knee twice so if he could if that's past him man maybe this this could be like what the bears exactly needed and their patience right they've been preaching patience and mm -hmm. not sign these big ticket you know guys and maybe you land somebody like this in a Tavon Young and now you can see where it could potentially go I will save some of my comments on that for later because you gave me a link to a really great article on the athletic that kind of explains like where the Bears are at and how they're being perceived around the league and uh, I think you know being patient is a, obviously one that th people see but I have a good analogy uh, that I'll share uh, one last thing on Young, uh, I saw a comment like, what's the deal worth? I couldn't find anything here yet today. I don't expect it to be a lot of money. Uh, so I wouldn't worry about polls, you know, backing up the Brinks truck uh, to bring you know, Young over to Chicago. Uh, but the two things I wanted to mention that I think proves that he can just be uh, a difference maker in Chicago. And it, again, helping the nickel position doesn't take a lot compared to last year, but uh, he doesn't get picked on nearly as much as like a Duke Shelley did. Like quarterbacks can't force the ball his way because he does play better coverage. And then after the catch, he does limit, you know, the yardage afterwards. So he won't be picked on a lot. And then when he does allow a catch, he's not allowing them to pick up all those additional yardage uh, that we saw. So that should just help the entire bears defense and secondary, you know, all the way around. Uh, so those are just two other things. I just wanted to kind of highlight real quickly on young, I want to move over to like a Ryan Griffin. Uh, he was just released uh, by the Jets four days ago, and the Bears really didn't waste much time to bring him here to Chicago. He is 32 years old. He's a longtime vet, uh, drafted in 2013, uh, primarily like an inline type of tight end. Uh, and one thing I really like, Nick, and I'll hand it over to you about what you like, uh, it's just that over half of his yards last year, uh, 261 total, 145, so over half came after the catch, which uh, again, last season, Cole Komet did that decently, but I still believe there's more on the table. He left some yards there that we should have been able to pick up. And we all knew, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham was not that type of player uh, at all at this stage of his career. So someone that can be uh, a difference maker, taking some of those shorter yardage plays and gaining those additional yards, getting all that yak uh, is something that I really like about him. Uh, what are your thoughts about Ryan Griffin being a Chicago Bear, adding to this tight end room yet another veteran? Yeah, so for the, I mean, initially what came to mind when I saw the name Ryan Griffin, for some reason... I thought of Peter Griffin and there again, no connection. Like, I don't know. That just came to mind. And I don't remember the last time I watched family guy, but Peter Griffin popped up in my head. I'm like, all right, Nick, let's get to the football stuff now. But yeah, it made sense why the jets actually released them, especially because they brought in Tyler Conklin and Ozuma from, from the Bengals. So they, they had to just get more, get younger at the position, but spent six seasons in Houston. And then the last three with the jets. And like you say, primarily lined up as that inline tight end, 415 snaps, out of his 583 offensive snaps, according to PFF. And his offensive coordinator with the Jets was Mike LaFleur. Obviously, Matt LaFleur's younger brother. But before Mike, who was the offensive coordinator with the Jets, he spent three seasons with the 49ers, coming from that Shanahan tree and kind of connecting all the dots here. The Bears have Luke Getze, Shanahan tree. Like, could the Bears use... Yeah, exactly. We should have had like maybe some kind of diagram. It would just go all over the place. <laughs> but using, again, a Ryan Griffin in that type of role as well, because Cole Komet was a guy that also lined up primarily in line um, out of his, he had 498 snaps as the inline tight end 
Cole Komet had 320 also in the slot. So, again, another primary inline tight end. But you look at this signing, you look at the guys that they brought from Tennessee, the fullback, and Matty Rufus has talked about wanting to commit to this run game and mentioned David Montgomery. I just feel like this season, the Bears are really going to commit to that. And they're kind of subtly making these small signings to indicate that. And now, that is that going to be like the identity, like this physical presence on offense as they're still trying to figure out who Justin Fields is going to throw to? That's kind of how I see like a Ryan Griffin fitting into what the Bears see him as, especially being, like you said, a veteran. He does have some special team experience as well, playing 193 snaps on special teams for the Jets last season, 42.3%. So I wonder if that's how the Bears are kind of envisioning a, a Ryan Griffin kind of adding to the roster. Uh, another veteran for Komet to learn from, but I do expect him to have a role uh, in this offense. Uh, he's only a couple years away from a career season. Uh, 2019, uh, he caught 88% of his targets, 34 catches on 39 balls that were thrown his way. So I went back and I was watching a few of his games this morning. Like, what was he doing so well? Because that's a really consistent number and that you don't really usually see, you know, receivers, let alone even tight ends catch over 85% of their targets for an entire season. And what I see is someone that is a middle of the field presence. Uh, he knows how to find the soft spot and sit catch and then the run up field. He's a very tough runner with the football in his hands. Uh, on top of that, he's a seam threat, you know, right down the middle of the field for this offense. And he's kind of shifty. There's a play against uh, Jacksonville that season where he caught the ball around the line of scrimmage. Uh, the linebacker came up to make a tackle, just kind of gave him a little shimmy. And then he was able to take it 25 yards to the house from there. I think one of his bigger strengths, I, I know run blocking is one of them, uh, but as a receiver, he just has a really strong feel for just space uh, overall, understanding leverage near the goal line, uh, boxing out guys. Uh, and on top of that, the, the yard after the catch is something, again, I keep hitting on, but I think it's not special, but it is a big, strong suit for him. Uh, you'll see a few plays where he's like blocking, releasing, heading to the flat catching it in stride, able to turn up field and gain 12, 15 yards on a ball that only traveled like five through the air, primarily horizontal uh, to this tight end. Now Sam Darnold playing quarterback as well. Just want to, you know, throw that one out there too. He's really tough, uh, you know, catches in traffic too. And a lot of the time it felt like he was like the forgotten man, like the defenses like forgot to cover. And again, it makes sense. Like, you know, Ryan Griffin, you thought of Peter Griffin. I thought who at the time as well. So if defenses are going to focus more on a Mooney, you know, maybe another young receiver that the bears draft uh, a Cole Komet and you go out there in some two tight end sets and he's able to, you know, find some open space, take it and run for it and get some additional yards. Like, there's value uh, in a guy like that in this offense. And uh, he does have really good red zone production. Uh, 2019, he was fourth in the NFL with six red zone touchdowns. He did that on seven targets uh, inside of the 20 and everyone above him and the next four guys below him in that top 10 all had double digit targets. So making the most of limited uh, opportunities and what kind of derailed him after that 2019 season injuries, uh, 2019 towards the end, he tore ligament in his ankle uh, then he started the 2020 season on the pup, had a down year, just didn't really come back to the same level of play, but he did bounce back in 2021 last season. Uh, his last seven games, he had 17 catches and 190 yards. So proving some resiliency yet again, another character trait that the Bears are really hitting on. So I like this one a lot. It makes sense. And Joseph actually had a good comment earlier, like always good to have veterans in every room. And, you know, for the most part, you know, Cole Komet has had that. I just wish the Bears would have veterans at wide receiver and also the, you know, at the tackle position, because that's where I think that veteran presence can definitely add to the overall team, especially at positions that have such young players at, at, at the moment, but definitely like that. And, you know, adding a tight, because look, the Bears, what they were the joke of the NFL when they had what nine tight ends on their, or some crazy number at one point. And now this is what number three. Mm -hmm. be jesper cole and now ryan griffin here so they're starting to build that up and like i say does have that special teams value as well so you just need guys you need to build up this roster what they're going to go into camp uh in a few weeks here it's like uh ryan poles you need to actually have enough guys to, to run the camp so here you go there's another person that can definitely add to that but also add that value that you were just talking about will mm -hmm. i think that both these guys will make the roster i know it's really early but it's looking at who they are, what they've been able to accomplish and where their career's at, what the Bears are trying to like just do for this one year. I expect them to both be here come the final 53. And I know it's way too early to project that, but just kind of what my gut's telling me, 
right now uh real quickly nick we need to talk about a visit uh, that the bears uh had a player come in uh he went to iowa so i guess i'll let you to say who he is what your thoughts are about him and then i'll kind of share you know mine as well before we get to our first break yeah, so brad biggs from the chicago tribune reported that anthony hitchens uh had a visit with the bears yesterday linebacker spent the last four seasons with the chiefs drafted by the Cowboys in 2014, Matt Eberflus was a linebackers coach. There's the lines. Will's connected them. Was a linebackers coach with the Cowboys at that time. He was a captain for the Chiefs. And Ryan Poles coming from Kansas City. So, and now the line coming back to Chicago, potentially. And look, I was looking at who do the Bears right now even have in that linebacker room? And it was it was a little bit. I guess the the, the list was longer than I was anticipating. But we'll see if some of these guys are honestly going to be on the roster when it's all said and done like a uh, jeremiah tachu like will i know last in last year's scheme it, it would have worked right for a three four outside linebacker here i don't know if he fits and we right. didn't get a chance to really see him with the injury which is unfortunate for jeremiah tachu then you have and i'm just going alphabetically here so uh noah dawkins i don't know if that moves the needle any caleb caleb johnson shows shows some things right uh, Sam Kamara, Nicholas Morrow, who the Bears obviously signed to play the Mike Will. We'll still see how that all figure, gets figured out. It could be interchangeable, to be completely honest. Roquan Smith, uh, Charles Snowden. And I know we talked about him on la on the last show. And we the entertained like the Sam thing, but I saw a comment yeah. and it made sense. Like I forgot how tall and freakishly like, you know, imposing he is. And so he would still fit better as like a defensive end in this defense, I still think Jeremiah Tachu fits better uh, as a hand in the dirt rusher than he would a uh, Sam backer. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see about Hitchens. Like I can see him being a one to two year Sam linebacker in this defense. I mean, he's getting a little up there in age, but the Sam backer won't be on the field a lot. He doesn't need to be, uh, you know, cause when I was watching him in Dallas, like he was playing the mic, he was playing a little bit of the Sam as well. And he knows this defense. So it's not going to take him long to kind of get up to speed. And he's a strong physical linebacker that when he put in there rundowns, great. Like you have another imposing guy that can go out there and he has a knack of making uh, plays, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. I feel like every season he's able to put up a decent number uh, over there as well. And he's really durable, only missing 10 games since 2017. Uh, he has six straight years of 78 or more tackles. Uh, he's also mm -hmm. averaged six tackles for a loss and four quarterback hits per season over that same span. So I, if they can find the way to make this one work, uh, this would be a home run. Uh, honestly, like you, he, someone that can teach Roquan, uh, not that Roquan needs like you know a mentor per se, but someone who knows this defense that he could be a sounding board for uh, would be really helpful. And I think he just fits the profile of what the Bears are going to do. And if Eberflu signs off on him, Poles signs off on him, and they see the fit, and I and I see the fit as the Sam backer on this defense. Let's go, sign me up. Yeah, no, it makes too much sense for it to not happen, to be completely honest with Like, at some point, um, you just, especially when you get later into, like, free agency and things like that, it's like, how, why are they bringing in the people that they're bringing in? The connections, the lines, the connecting of the dots, like we were just kind of illustrating earlier. So it makes sense in that regard. And, again, I like, all those other names I, I listed off, and I saw somebody in the chat say, hey, well, they also have Ladarius Mack, they do, and a guy named Joe Thomas, not not the one who played for the Browns a long, long time ago. But, um, yeah. Uh, but it, it makes sense. I think this would be a good sign. And the key part, too, Will, like you mentioned, the Sam linebacker is not going to be on the field all too much in this defense. You're going to be primarily in, in like that nickel package. So you're not getting, like, this wear and tear on there. But if you mm -hmm. want somebody that you know is going to be sound in their assignments, is going to get the job done, can add that veteran presence like we were talking about for the tight end room with um with Ryan, then then you can get a nice addition with with a guy like Hitchens. Yeah, he's a, again, like I said, he's a strong player. He's a hard hitter. He plays football with a, a real passion. You see it out there. And uh, I think the Bears are obviously are looking for more guys like that uh, as well. And he's good at making plays in the open space. So if he's out there and, you know, they swing it to the back, I would expect him to be able to pick it up and corral it rather seamlessly. And again, if he's on there and primarily running downs, why not get a bigger body type of guy? And when you think about this defense and you have to go back to like the Levy Smith days, like who would this be? 
I can see him being like that Hunter Hillemeyer, uh, you know, right here for us. So I I'm for it. Like I said, sign me up. We'll see if it comes to fruition. I saw someone in the chat said like, hey, he'll be signed before the end of day. Bring it. Like I'd be more than happy with the Bears getting some good momentum of bringing in those guys that they've identified, they've scouted, and they're we're at that point in the offseason where they're willing to bring them in here. I was going to say like the third wave of free agency. I don't even know if like we're waves anymore. It's like more like a wake, like a little ripple. <laughs> I think so. And the most important thing, Will, you're bringing another Iowa guy. So that that just makes – that's just the, the cherry on top to bring in an Anthony Hitchens. Well, you know, my school's IU is where I went. I don't – we would not be a good football team if we're just bringing in players from IU. But we did get Shane McMahon's – uh, Shane McMahon's son, Vince McMahon's grandson – to commit to oh. IU. So I'll be having to like walk around downtown Bloomington whenever football games are going on, see if I could run into, you know, some like WWE type of greats. But we need to let you know a, a little bit about, you know, how you can support CHGO. And really the best way is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a more than $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. And if you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll make sure to help you out so you can kind of you know score this sweet deal you know your home for live in play betting just got even better introducing points bets new feature live nba same game parlays for the first time ever you can build the perfect live nba same game parlay only with points bet combine your favorite bets anytime during the game and if you want more you can also boost your live same game parlays so you can watch live parlay live and boost live with points bet and now online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, you're listening to the CHGO Bears podcast. Nick is still kind of bouncing that softball around here on the screen. And I'm excited for this next segment. I don't know about you. We kind of just through the idea when I was up in Chicago last week out there, just kind of like, you know, uh, messing around and here it is. And I think it's going to be a fun little segment for us. What do you think? Yeah. And I actually mentioned it to Adam Hogue, I think two or three days ago. He's like, wow, that's, that's a really good idea. I'm like, yeah, we'll have to do it at some point. And now we're unveiling it today. And I think it's a fun segment for a Friday. It's light. It's we're having to kind of like use our heads and think about this. And people are like, what are you guys talking about? So I'll let you know, like what, this segment is, and it's, we're going to our workshop. We're going to build a bear, Nick. We are going to build. <laughs> I've never been. I've been. I made one for my wife when we were just dating, and I didn't want to put my voice in it. And the recording oh, still is like, uh, oh boy, uh, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't want to do that. But then AJ got one on my son, and uh, he likes it. So definitely, if you ever have a kid, go to build a bear and have him or her build that perfect stuffed animal but we need to build a perfect chicago bears wide receiver and we're going all-time bears here to build one out and you know we thought about expanding it to the entire nfl but i thought it would be too easy like okay you know randy moss this and jerry, jerry rice, rice that exactly so <laughs> let's make it a little bit more difficult so let's build a bears wide receiver nick do you want to build yours first so do you want me yeah do you want me to go start to finish or do we want to go like each part i guess we didn't this really? is where Lawrence needs to pop in and let us know how it's built for the graphic. I think it's all going to be unveiled. Yeah, it's hi. How you doing? Hey. Uh, the graphic is just one full screen with everything on there. So why don't we go top to bottom? And uh, cool. Nick, you give us your whole bear. Sound good? All Build right, that bear. Yeah. Build uh, first time, first time building a bear, and we're gonna start here. And as you can see, I'm starting with, and we did this obviously in five different parts, starting with the head, Darnell Mooney. And how Will and I discussed this is like somebody with football IQ, how they kind of perceive themselves on and off the field. And I went with Darnell Mooney because as such a young player, you see so many great qualities about him, had a couple of experiences being in press conferences with the guy, and it always has a good head on his shoulders, right, in terms of how he's answering these questions, what he wants to do in his career. So that's kind of why I went with Darnell Mooney at the top there. And then the body. 
Like I'm thinking of someone who could take hits. Who's who's somebody that embodies that toughness? Tom Waddle, right? He's played six years with the Bears. I was watching the highlights from the December 29th, 1991 playoff game versus the Dallas Cowboys, where Dallas did win 17 to 13. But man, Tom Waddle was he was taking some hits. Like again, he had nine receptions under four yards, and the one touchdown that he had, nobody actually hit him. So thank goodness. But Tom Waddle, man, that's a uh, uh, just a, a warrior, I would definitely say. Categorize him then, so that's why I went with the body there. Hands, Brandon Marshall, a guy that caught 279 passes while he was a bear, a 60.4 catch percentage, 31 touchdowns. And I was debating here, like I have Allen Robinson at the feet. I'm like, do I want to put A-Rob there at the hands? But I thought Brandon Marshall would be a better fit. And then legs, I, I thought of legs, Will. I know we didn't discuss this as just pure speed. And so let me get Devin Hester on the field. Obviously wasn't, you know, the most dynamic wide receiver, but still, if you've sent Devin Hester on a vertical route, I like my chances on whoever the DB is just because he's probably going to uh, further the distance from that cornerback. Then the feet, Allen Robinson. I know at the end of the career, people didn't have a, a very good perspective on him, but the guy got open and he would get open off the line of scrimmage, despite not having the best speed. So I finished it off with Allen Robinson and the feats. So people had the same thoughts I did. I, I get that you wanted like a warrior tough body, but are you sure a six foot, 185 pound receiver? Like that's it. So uh, yeah, for the body, like I just, I just put, put categorized as toughness, not like more so height, no, weight, the body. Like, come on. Uh, see, see, that's, that's what's good. Like we didn't talk about this. I, I asked, I asked about like the head, like what you're thinking about for their like football IQ and stuff. But I just like, who's, who you want taking shots? Who shows that toughness? That's, that's how I went with it. And I guess I, it's had okay. I gone like, I, I like the different perspectives, but when I saw your list, I was like, <laughs> hmm, like I went a totally different direction for a good reason. Uh, and then the only other one I'm curious about, you said, you know, who's taking shots. Maybe you were during like Marshall's tenure here because I know he caught a lot of footballs, but he led the league in drops in 2012 and 2013. I don't know if you remember those, but like 28 drops like, between those two seasons. So. He also got so many targets, though. And I, I was going to put, like like I said, Allen Robinson there. But I'm like, man, like I'm thinking, like, who do I want in the end zone? Like, he caught 31 touchdowns, though, in those in those seasons. So it's like the man made it count where he needed to. I was going to put here, and I, I, I could have gone here, like a Brandon Lloyd. Like, do you remember some of the catches he would make? They were just ridiculous, and they were, they were very sparingly, for sure. But, man, like some of those catches were – just out they were just crazy okay let's build my bear because the quarterback for the chicago bears with his all-time build a bear is definitely going to lean my way and i think I have a few of those already in the chat so let's get to mine uh, at the head just like you nick darnell mooney it's just that quiet confidence uh, that he possesses himself with he is not a diva at the position and i, I think too he just has that deep desire to be great but also he doesn't need to be like the face uh, of a team. So I really think like that's the mindset mentality uh, that I would go with body Brandon Marshall, right? He was just physically imposing six foot five, 230 pounds. The dude was ripped. And when I was looking into this, I found a, tw uh, a Reddit thread from the year right before Marshall's time of the bears uh, on bears, Reddit going through and like 180 comments, everyone just salivating over Brandon Marshall's body. Like, look at those abs and all that. It was like, oh my gosh. But didn't expect to go down that rabbit hole, but I, I did. The dude is ripped. He's huge. Uh, and I think that would be a matchup problem each and every snap. And then for me at hands, I went with Bar Marty Booker, the first Bears receiver. I had the opportunity to really appreciate and watch play. Uh, as I was growing up, I kept remembering that 2001 season, I just turned nine years old, and that was like the first season that really got me into uh, Chicago Bears football. I don't recall Marty dropping many uh, during that season or really any season with the Chicago Bears. Legs, like you, Nick, uh, I went with speed, uh, but I went a little bit further back in time and went with Willie Galt there as well because he's like a world-class speedster. Uh, I didn't know this, but he would have been on the 1980s Olympic team uh, for sprinting if the USA did not boycott the Olympics that year. Like he was bound to go to the Olympics. Uh, he's also, you know, a vertical threat on the football fear, uh, field that would strike fear on two opposing cornerbacks. 
And Nick, uh, you want to hear like a, a crazy fun fact? What's up? Uh, he ran a four four forty at the age ah. of fifty. Jeez, that's yeah. nuts. Yeah, <laughs> like that's impressive. And he did like a an older person Olympics thing and dominated as well. Uh, you know, years ago. So definitely would go with those. And then for feet. I went with Johnny Knox, uh, someone that, you know, maybe I'm doubling down on speed a little bit here. <laughs> so then I get like the ultra fastest receiver ever, but really like he was shifty, uh, with the football in his hands. Like he made more people miss than I remembered when I went back and saw like what he was able to accomplish here in Chicago. Uh, so what he was able to do after the catch and really, uh, with some of that route running too, and how he was able to like leverage his speed, uh, to kind of gain some of that separation. I was very impressed and uh, I wanted to throw Johnny in here somewhere. And to me, that made uh, the most sense. So if you're in the chat right now, or if you're watching the replay after, you know, let us know like who built the better bear at wide receiver and Nick, I can't wait to go build other positions. Uh, it seems like kind of strange in a way we're taking all these like bears and just, and like, I'm glad actually that the graphic didn't end up working out where we're just taking weird like the pieces from each bear and actually putting them all together because i don't know it would be like a frankenstein kind of kind of thing here but it, it all works out um you know i was also i thought that you would have had johnny knox at the legs so i'm like let me put devin hester here but again i, I guess you can't go wrong with the, with the type of speed that both of those guys have um yeah. and it's crazy to think they were both on the field right at the same time but uh yeah, I think I think I'm gonna get knocked for for the body. So again, like I, Brandon Marshall definitely fits better in terms of the full body type. But again, I went with toughness with that one. But I, I won't be offended if you all pick Wills for for that. I think everyone is, and it it makes a lot of sense. Mason, uh, thank you for the super chat, by the way, man. Always way too generous. Uh, but uh, he said the obvious answer is the body of a grizzly bear, and then he threw the office bears beats battle star. Galactica, man. But you're right, though. Body of a bear. Like, who's gonna mess with that? With all that speed, it's like, oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're you're done. <laughs> all right, all right. So that was fun. Uh, if you're in the chat right now, I'll keep my eyes peeled. Let me know, like, or let Nick and I know, like, which position would you like us to do next? You know, maybe this could become like a Friday segment. You know, for a while here. So let's keep building some bears, and uh, that was a really great exercise, fun segment. Definitely would like to, you know, go ahead and do it again, uh, Nick. Before we get to our, you know, final segment here, uh, I know you have another message from our, you know, our great friends over at PointBet. Yes, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. But if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content from all of our great places that you can see, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, Sox, Cubs, the Sky, all of them. You get all of that. And you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 as you know here at chgo we have podcasts and live shows on every team every single day that's why you're here with us you know right now on youtube watching this show i'm excited for our post-game shows come the regular season. And right now with baseball in full swing, the Bulls and the Blackhawks, like all these other post-game shows are just tremendous extra shows that we can kind of put your way. But I don't know if you know about our premium written content that is only for our members on allchjoe.com. Not only what I, Nick, and Adam Hogue write, but you know, our entire team, uh, really creative work. It's work that you don't just get to see, you know, everywhere else. It's definitely not fluff. And I think we put a lot of substance in it, which just makes me proud to be, you know, here at CHGO. Uh, and on top of that as well, you know, we have dope merch for all these teams. You get a free shirt when you become a member. And we have that members only Discord, uh, the CHGO Lounge, uh, where you can interact with us on a little bit more of a personal level. That's not Twitter. You know, you get, it's a little bit more private. You're in a Bears focused community, at least here for uh, us. Uh, and But if you're fans of other teams, 
teams, you get to join those channels as well inside of the app. And uh, there's just so many benefits of being a member at CHGO. I know we're looking to keep adding more along the way. So definitely go check out our website, allchgo.com, uh, to get unlock that written content by becoming a member. And, uh, you know, if not, still be tuning in here each and every day. And Nick and I, Adam and Owen, look forward to providing you with the best daily Bears commentary out there uh, as well. But, Nick, we have another topic to get to here, uh, another fun segment. But I was thinking about how I, the format this show, maybe we should talk about the athletic article first and then end uh, with the official third segment. You want to kind of give like the lay of the land of like what you read, what you saw, and then kind of, you know, set up the stage here for us. Yeah, real quickly, I saw Matt in the comments. Don't do a QB uh, build a rare unless you need a quick segment. <laughs> I mean, he's true, no doubt about it, Matt. That that was that was pretty funny as I was reading that. But yes, so the athletic article I read today, it's called NFL Free Agency Execs on the Good and Bad of All 32 Teams Moves and Strategies. And it was written by Mike Sando, who's just a great follow on Twitter and puts out a lot of great stuff like this. So he spoke to some team executives and then shared their perspective on all 32 teams, what they've done in free agency, kind of how they're built at this point. And there's obviously a section on the bears and what these executives kind of think uh, about their moves thus far with first year GM, Ryan Poles, and also Matt Eberflus there. Um, you know, the one that I think there's, there's a quote right here that I kind of want to read off real quickly. Cause I thought this one stood out. There's a couple little takeaways, but, um, the quote goes, I thought weaponry was a big part of supporting a developing quarterback. An evaluator said the back he was mentioning Tariq Cohen couldn't get back from surgery and you lose Robinson. Then on defense, you put in a new scheme and dump the best players. So again, I don't know how this was said to Mike Sando, but it, it's almost like shots were kind of being taken and how the bears are kind of approaching this, right? Like if you're looking to support Justin Fields, where's the support at? where are the guys that you're supposed to be building around him. And he made some good points about the defense. Like you lose Cleo Mack, you lose Akeem Hicks. When you lose those kind of guys, you don't sign Larry Ogunjobi, you settle for Justin Jones. It's like, yeah, I, I could see where this, uh, this evaluator is coming from, but yeah, well, I guess what were your kind of thoughts on, on that and just how maybe some other team executives are kind of perceiving the bears up to this point. It's a really interesting question, and really, I don't care how they perceive the Bears. To be number, to completely honest, I don't. They, they have their perspective, they have their thoughts, and it is what it is. If those were shots, and I know you don't get the tone behind the quote, so it is hard to know exactly how it was said. I guess so be it. I understand that we haven't been able to kind of land like more weapons for Justin Fields, but when you look at what the market was this year, what you would have been paying for some of those receivers. I like the long-term approach here that Ryan Poles is kind of, you know, going with, and we can still find a good receiver in free agency later. Like it's going to happen. Like there will be players available that can make impact, not the biggest names, but players that can at least be serviceable, if not slightly above average. And we still haven't gotten to the draft. What if they use both second round picks to address it? What if you get like a Christian Watson and a Sky Moore or George Pickens? Okay, like that would shut everyone up when it comes to not helping out uh, a Justin Fields. And really, we're rebuilding this thing. And you have to take it, you know, one step at a time. It's kind of like restoring an old classic car. It was the analogy that came to me as I was, weirdly enough, in, in the shower today thinking about this quote and this topic. Because if you are redoing a classic car and it's rusty and the parts are all, you know, broken, like you have to take them out and like you're going to have to strip down to the car pretty much all the way down to the studs and then find replacement parts, you know, piece by piece. And that takes time to find the right parts, especially if you want to, you know, have this car be exactly how it used to be or at least a nice looking one. And if you're giving it a nice paint job too, like you have to, you know, sand it all the way down to the core and then put primer and then paint and then coat it all back up. So it definitely steps and it all starts with taking away before you can add. And I think it just makes sense to do this still. And I understand that maybe everyone has a different thought on how Pulse is going. And I think the one quote that I do understand in it is maybe they're not as gung-ho as maximizing Fields rookie contract because, you know, we're on year two of what could be four or five. I still think taking this year 
to recalibrate for a strong push in 2023 is still very acceptable uh, by my standards. And I'm, again, I'm definitely okay uh, with how calculated and patient we've been. As much as I would love to talk about news every single day, at least we don't have 12 tight ends and 15 kickers. Yeah, that, that definitely helps. And, you know, for the most part, I, I've, I'm okay with Ryan Poles' approach through free agency. The only thing is that we just need to make sure that Ryan Poles is doing the best job that he can, even this season, and obviously, like you mentioned, the draft will, of putting the best out there to evaluate fields for what to see a good evaluation of fields because the offensive line didn't give him time. The, the outside of Darnell Mooney wide receivers weren't open. We just can't have that same exact scenario going into 2022 because they have the mindset that 2023 is going to be the season that they actually compete are able to put a better product on the field. They just need to do better at addressing those areas. I know Lucas Patrick is here. We still need to see who plays right guard and they still got to feel comfortable at the tackle positions with, if it's going to be Borm and Tevin Jenkins, and then obviously the wide receiver position need you need to add some playmakers there. So if they come away feeling good in the draft and, Still, like you said, they could still add players later on. Like it, when training camps happen, people get cut. It happens every single year. They can find some quality players there. So as long as the Bears feel like they can get a good evaluation from Justin Fields this year and then really go for it in 2023, then you can go back to like this very boring 2022 free agency period and be like, all right, I get what you're doing, Ryan Poles. That's why you're paid to be the general manager of the Bears and we're better for it. Patience, polls will persevere. There we go. I wanted to come up with some, uh, I, I forgot what it was, alliteration? No, whatever. Uh, my, my wife's an English teacher, so she's going to really be upset I about it. too, but I, I don't. Um, Consonants, maybe. What is it? Alliteration. You're right. Ah, man, I should have trusted my gut. Thank you. Uh, so uh, I do believe, too, polls have mentioned, Nick, that like, the mistake a lot of GMs do are making decisions for the sake of like, or like signing people because they feel pressured to do so. Like, Oh, I need a right receiver. Like right now, like we need it. So you go sign someone, you don't care about the money. Maybe the character isn't exactly what you want, but at least you can say and go back to the front office. Like, Hey, we brought in a guy to be the receiver. I think polls is making the correct assessment here. Like that's how GMs make mistakes. Uh, so he's, Right now, not making mistakes. Time will tell if we look back at this offseason and the lack of push, if it was a mistake or not. I strongly believe it won't be one in time, although it is a little frustrating as a Bears fan right now. All right, Nick, let's get into this final official segment of our show today. And, you know, Brian Pulse has also mentioned, you know, resiliency, which is a key trait uh, that that everyone's looking for. I think he said that they're adding that to like the scouting report for like every player as mm -hmm. well. So they're adding that to the report. Like, is this guy resilient? Can he work through adversity? Can he be someone to overcome some obstacles, some odds? Love it. Now, what you and I decided we want to do here for this final portion of the show is go back through like bears history and like identify like a couple of players that, you know, would have fit this mold, a player that Ryan Poles would have loved to bring in to Chicago because of that resiliency factor. Who was number one on your list? Man, I have a couple of here, a couple of players on this list, but a guy that immediately came up, because a lot of the players that the Bears have signed now are undrafted guys, right? So one that came up was James Big Cat Williams. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, a guy that was a defensive tackle at Cheney University in Pennsylvania. Hopefully I pronounced that right, but... Signed by the Bears as an undrafted free agent in 1991. Two seasons he played in the D-line rotation in Chicago before they're like, let's move him to the offensive line where he appeared in 166 games, 143 starts, over 12 seasons, named to the Pro Bowl. So it's like, yeah, that's a guy that had a position switch, was undrafted, and hey, it would just fit too for what the Bears kind of need at the position right now playing the tackle position. So James Big Cat Williams, who Olin Krutz always talks about off camera too, would be, I think, a guy that Ryan Poles would identify with, with having that resiliency trait that they're now looking for in current Bears players. See, I know you're just trying to butter up more to Olin. That's all it was. Basically. Yep. So he doesn't hurt me one of these days after I, I just for some reason, like I have this urge to just jab him right in the ribs. But I know once I do that, 
Uh, it might just be three of you guys on the CHGO Bears podcast. It was nice knowing you, Nick. Very first player that came to mind for me, Mike Brown. This is a player that mm. was, you know, unfortunately uh, injured as much as he was healthy. Uh, his career started off really well from a health standpoint, and obviously a statistical playing standpoint. But we're looking at resiliency here. Uh, he played in every single game in his first four seasons. And what a difference maker he was for this defense. But then the injuries started happening and they just really never seemed uh, to stop. You know, uh, it was one of those where I don't think he ever played another full season in Chicago after those first four years. Uh, only in one other year, he was only playing, uh, able to play in double digit games. Uh, unfortunately, like an Achilles, his calf, the Liz Frank injury, the knee, his calf again. But what I appreciate and respect Mike Brown for was the fact that he kept working his way back from these injuries every single time. And he was a leader on this defense. Players looked up to him. I don't think just his defense was his entire football team. Uh, and I think the fact that he was able to endure those injuries and come back to them time in and time out is a testament uh, to that warrior mentality and that overall resilience. And I'm so happy for him that he was able to come back and finish his career with a full season in Kansas City. You know, all of us wonder what could have been uh, if Mike Brown was able to stay healthy. But uh, I don't think, because we were just kids, like when he was playing football, I don't think we grasped like how much hard work, disappointment, and pain like this man went through just to get back on the football field with his teammates and really to represent the Chicago Bears. Like so much respect and so much love for a guy like Mike Brown. And the older I get, I think the more I appreciate, you know, what he's, who he was as a player, who he was as a person, and everything that he went through uh, throughout his career. So he was the very uh, first player that came to mind for me. You said he had a few. Who's another? Yeah, and I want to first give a shout-out to Mason uh, here, who said Kyle Long, man, played, again, played multiple positions. And what year was it where they signed – I think they signed Josh Sidden, and they're like, oh, go play tackle like a, a week before week one or something like that. I, I don't remember exactly what season it was, but it's like, yeah, that's a guy that did so much, played through so much in, on some crappy Bears teams. But yeah, you knew what you were getting out of a Kyle Long. So shout out to Mason West for, for bringing him up because I think that's a really good um, player that would fit this as well. Uh, another guy that kind of fits the undrafted kind of category that the Bears seem to be going for, um, Jay Hilgenberg. You know, the center who played 11 seasons, seven straight Pro Bowls. And it's crazy to think uh, a guy that's undrafted and goes out to be as productive and one of the best at his position, like a guy like that, voted first team all pro and appeared again in 163 games with 130 starts. So another guy that went under the radar, but ended up having an amazing career. And again, I think that fits what the Bears are currently looking for. I like that one a lot. I went offense with my second one, and it's a different type of resiliency uh, compared to like a Mike Brown. And I went with Thomas Jones because number one, like the fact that his entire career is one of resilience. He played on five different teams and he was impactful everywhere he went. Like this man, like he goes to a place, he makes that offense better. I think that shows that he's resilient playing with different teams, different coordinators, different schemes, different systems, 100%. But specifically here, he goes to Chicago in 2004. His very first season here. What does he do? He has over 1,300 total yards, 950 on the ground, seven touchdowns. Everyone's like, all right, cool. We have our feature back. So what do the Bears do the very next offseason? They draft Cedric Benson, fourth overall. And Thomas Jones had a choice. Like, okay, either I'm going to let this rookie you know, take over because he was a top five pick or do exactly what he did, and that was get better. Uh, he had over 400 more rushing yards the next season uh, and nine scores. Uh, he answered what I put in my notes, quote, slap in the face, uh, with five straight seasons of 1,000 or more rushing yards for the remainder of his time in Chicago, and then also when he went to the Jets. I think for him to handle that adversity with grace, uh, show out instead of kind of checking out, and just how strong and tough he was. And just to be an effective weapon, no matter which team, which quarterback, which offensive coordinator he was playing for. Very impressed uh, by Thomas Jones. And I think that's a huge, again, testament of the fight that he played, that he had in him. The desire to be great, as well as that ability to overcome some obstacles that kind of were thrown in his way. I'm sure he didn't expect to be a journeyman like he was. Didn't expect the Bears to draft Cedric Benson when they did. But still, he was able to take his game and keep raising it up to the next level do you have anyone else i'm um, actually another guy that i have on here 
a newer player, um, like Bryce Callahan would be a guy that also okay. fits. Again, uh, undrafted out of Rice, signed in 2015 with the Bears, and made a name for himself. Got that big contract because of what he was able to do in Chicago, making the most out of his opportunity, being that that's that nickel corner. But a guy, again, that had to work for literally everything that he got up to his point, and it's unfortunate that you know, he has gone through some some injuries, so maybe he could still show that resiliency down the road and coming back and kind of fighting through those injuries that he's dealing with. But that's, you know, a more modern bear that I would think kind of fits or fits what the Bears, again, are looking to to add to this roster. And, you know, I think there was a comment earlier, like if you build a whole entire team with a lot of these guys, it's like, you know, you know you're going to get every single play, every single snap, the best out of each individual, Mm -hmm. because again, that's what they've had to do to get to this point in their careers. And um, obviously you need to have some talent behind that as well, but it's, I like this, this new trait though, that you, that they're adding there because you can't, you can't, I guess, measure that. It's not like a 40 or a bench press where you could see the, the time or the, the amount of reps on there. It's just, what is their past been like? What are the obstacles that they've had to face, regardless if it's physical, mental, switching teams, like you were mentioning, Will? Like that's that's what that's what happens in the NFL. And if you see that these players are capable of overcoming those things, man, maybe there's some success that they can have here in Chicago. Totally agreed. I just have two more players I want to highlight before we wrap up today's show. One came in the comments, and he actually was number two on my list. My list isn't in any particular order, just the ones that came to me. Uh, Kyle Fuller, uh, you know, great start to that rookie year, but then his play completely fell off, ended up hurting his knee, had to take a year off. The bust word started getting floated around here in the city. We were doing a podcast still at that time, Nick, and we had those conversations. I remember them pretty well. It didn't get much better after 2017 season. Like when he came back from injury, it was fine, but it wasn't great. But then he had that breakout 2018 year and he was able to kind of, you know, be up there in the league leads for interception, make a household name for himself, go to a pro bowl. So for him to, you know, a, he came, you know, first round pick and balled out right away and then fizzled. Like he could have easily like, Oh, you know, that's it. Oh, I'm hurt. I took a year off. Like, so many things that he had to go through and for him to bounce back like he did for that 2018 year, really, really strong example of resilience. And then I found one other different type. And that's what I love about resilience because you can't just put skill one to 10. Like there's so many different types of resilience. I put Israel Adonage as someone that throughout his time proved to be resilient because uh, he, he had to wait uh, for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. The Bears defensive line throughout his tenure was stacked, right? Playing guys, uh, what, Tank Johnson, Tommy Harris, Alex Brown, Adewale Agunlie. He didn't get to see the field a ton early on in his career. His first six years, Izzy had eight total starts, eight sacks, 17 tackles for loss. His last three years in Chicago, and this is after he turned 30, 42 starts, 20 and a half sacks, and 30 tackles for a loss. Yeah. Like you better believe like he was putting in the work behind the scenes the entire time that he was playing in that backup role, honing his skills, perfecting his craft, waiting for that opportunity and working towards earning a chance to play any more of a premier, I guess, role on that bears defense. And, you know, he had lovey Smith that whole time and he had to kind of work that way up. So I don't think he faced, you know, any of the setbacks, like some of the other players that we've mentioned, but he had to fight tooth and nail all the way up to where he was able to kind of end his career and accomplish. And when he had that chance, he took the most of it and really ended his career in Chicago at a very, very high level for a guy that barely was able to see the field early on. Again, like the first six years, only eight total starts and eight sacks. And then to almost double those in the last three, incredible. Yeah, that, that's a really good one. I see Sherrick McManus here mm-hmm. um, as a comment as well. Another guy that had to, you know, wait and got implementing the defense kind of later on in his career, but a, a great special teamer. But this all connects back to what Matt Eberflus was kind of saying about making a C, C player into a B player for guys that have maybe have to wait and have to go through the system. Again, maybe that's where it all ties into bringing in these guys that play with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder can we improve you to become, you know, consistent starters in this league or on this Bears team? So we'll have to see how it all plays out. But, you know, the Bears are building their roster with, you know, high character guys that have something to prove. We'll see if that plays dividends and makes the Bears ultimately a better team moving forward. 
you still need premier talent, but having guys on your roster that embody exactly what you just said and having them in bunches is also not a bad thing whatsoever. Nick, this was a fun show, a really strong way to end our week. Yep. Uh, another, another week here at CHGO, but thank you for everyone for tuning into all the content that we have coming out. And of course, you know, we'll have, we'll start up next week. And if anything happens over the weekend, we might have something as well, but yeah, it's, it's a really good way to end the week. Well, I totally agreed. I appreciate, uh, you know, all of the time that, you know, we put into today's episode specifically. Uh, I thought again, super strong foot to kind of propel us through the weekend, get us back here to Monday where you'll have you Olin and Adam. I'll see everyone uh, on my normal spot on Tuesday morning, 11 AM. Uh, be there. I know I will be, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but until then have a great weekend. Hopefully the weather turns around and if you're already experiencing great weather, I'm jealous. Uh, but enjoy your time. We'll be back Monday. And until next time for me, bear down Chicago. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.